Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Last week, we talked all about goals. We kind of went over some goals that we set set for ourselves, um, some new goals. We talked a little bit about goal writing. There actually is a part one to that also. So if you guys haven't taken a listen to either of those, stop, go listen, and then come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So today on the show, we have Marie, who was also here, I guess, a year ago. Isn't that crazy that it's already been a year, um, who was on our podcast before. So we'll definitely let you guys know what episode that is so you can check it out. But today she's here um, and you might know her on Instagram as thanks, Morris. Marie, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I can't oh. believe it's already been that long, but I know I didn't even really think about it until just now. I'm like, wow, I know. It's, it's definitely been that long. Yeah. But so give us an update on your life. I know that, um, we connect a lot through Instagram and we've seen some of your updates and some things that you've been working on, but we'd love to hear the amazing things that you've been doing. Definitely. Um, I, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start (laughs) because I'm trying to think back to last time I was on, there was a journal out already, right? There was a journal. It had just come out. I think the journal had just come out. out. Mm Um, and then I also created, um, shortly after I had a kid's journal that I created that came out, mm-hmm. um, kind of to pair it up with the first gratitude journal. And then I like within six months created a second one. Cause I had like just all the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that kind of, um, you know, really jump started this whole like trans, not complete transition, but it definitely shifted my focus from just like being a, a speech pathology presence on Instagram and social media and even my own podcast to more really talking about mindset and mindfulness and the power of gratitude and how that really works when you're like you know, system building and habit stacking and all these different things that a lot of people are into in more of that mindset realm. And so, um, once I started, because I just felt like, oh, this is my connection. Like, this is what I want to share. And this is what, you know, kind of, I was gifted to share. And, um, I really dove into that side of things and just, doing a lot of research on the power of gratitude. And as I did research on that and mindset, I was like, I want to share this with more people. So I started doing workshops and I have a course that came out, um, like six months ago that I started running and really with just this idea of like kind of teaching people 
through what I've learned, how to build their own systems and really build these mindful habits while still, you know, creating gratitude journals. I just have those kind of planned and ready to be, um, published at this point, but I have things in the works as far as the gratitude journals go and also being a full-time preschool SLP. Um, so I'm still still doing that. Very busy. It's (laughs) very busy, very, um, productive, but it's been, I don't know, it's, I'm passionate about it. So it's kind of, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I like that I come home right now and I'm working on my business, right. mm-hmm. um, right. which just seems to be the biggest update. It's just that I'm like living this double life, <laughs> yeah. but it's great when like work doesn't feel like work, right? Yes. Like it's something you look forward to. Exactly. So awesome. Yeah. Like I, I do get asked, you know, you're going to, you're, are you going to burn out? You're going to, you know, you're doing like two jobs and yeah. it really, um, I will say, and especially because I'm doing work, that's like very mindful and mm-hmm. kind of inherently, right. um, it doesn't feel as draining. Um, and it really helps me honestly step away from my speech self and come home and transition and not worry too much about what's happening at work. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, I'm just very grateful for how that all worked out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess Marie, can you just start by recapping on what it means to be mindful? And I guess the importance of this concept, especially for, um, our listeners that haven't taken a listen to our first episode and maybe mindfulness as a whole is a completely new concept Mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing too, and it honestly, my answers probably changed a little bit or evolved, I should say a little bit since the last podcast, but, um, really what it being mindful is, is kind of that understanding of, um, just it's, it's almost like you're take, you're taking everything out of your mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way you're being mindful to me is being present. Um, and so in order to be present, sometimes we have to have certain maybe mindfulness practices in place. And, um, I think that it's, it's really important in, to find that mindfulness or find that presence in order to find, you know, excitement and joy and, and things like that. Um, it's funny. Cause I just found this quote. I just reposted it to my story before we started rec- recording. And I can't remember the guy that posted it, but he, he was saying that, um, there's, there's this thing called like intentional optimism where, you know, you look at somebody and you kind of think they're always happy or they're always trying to find, you know, the positive in this and that there's, cause people talk about maybe like toxic positivity and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been told before, you know, you're kind of bordering on like toxic positivity. And I'm like, well, I don't feel that I'm, you know, trying to deny reality mm-hmm. versus see all of the possibilities or see that there is, you know, and one of my favorite things to say is the best, it's the best possible thing. Anything that happens to me is the best possible thing. Even something terrible in the end, you know, I'm trusting almost that it's the best possible thing or that there is a positive solution or a positive outcome somewhere down the line. And sometimes I have to put a lot of effort in to get there, but I'm learning, I'm, I'm finding opportunities to learn as I go. So I think mindfulness kind of encompasses all of these different things kind of ultimately with that, um, with, you know, the more mindful you are, you kind of have more of an ability to shift your mindset when you need to, to find opportunity in the challenging things. Um, and to even just look around and find simple things that you're grateful for, if that's what helps you, you know, be more present, um, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I hope that answered it in like, yeah, no, it was, I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you kind of touched a little bit like on you or you said mindfulness practices. So can Mm -hmm. you kind of talk a little bit about some quick and easy practices that you found that are really helpful, especially for those that might be starting up with trying to bring this mindfulness into their life and really trying to get better at that. Definitely. I think the first one, um, and you know, people that know me will know the first thing I'm going to say is a gratitude practice is very important. And the reason why that's probably a very good place to start Mm -hmm. is because, and I always tell, you know, my students and, um, course membership uh, course participants, sorry. And (laughs) other people, you know, if you can think of one thing you're grateful for, you can definitely think of more. It can kind of lead you down a rabbit hole. Now, there's like a caveat with gratitude because it could be, especially if you're in a time of really heightened anxiety. Um, I think it's really important first to have a healthy self check-in method, even if it's you talking to yourself and saying, how do you feel right now? Mm -hmm. And just coming to terms and and acknowledgement of how you feel, Mm -hmm. because you can't really truly go into like a gratitude list. Let's just use that. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't sit there and really, truly list what you're grateful for, um, and really kind of reap the benefits of that. If you are not acknowledging how you feel about something. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, an example, like for me is if I'm struggling with change, um, a couple months ago I had COVID and I was, it was, you know, on top of it being a physical issue and my body was not feeling well, I also really could not grasp like the whole quarantine. I was ticked that I had to stop working. I had to stay away from my loved ones. Like that whole mindset, that's hard. That's really hard. And I kept feeling guilty for not just going straight to my gratitude practice. I'm like, Marie, you preach this all the time, sit and just write what you're grateful for. But the thing is I couldn't get there. I mentally couldn't get there because I wasn't feeling myself. And so I had to first acknowledge that, um, frustration, the frustration, the physical pain, like all these things before I could really sit and appreciate, I guess, if that makes sense. So there's kind of, I always like to encourage people like, yes, please start listing what you're grateful for first thing, but give yourself a space and give your feelings a space. So maybe if you, you know, pick up a journal and want to list 10 things you're grateful for first, Think of how you feel and just write, like write or draw how you feel, do something Mm -hmm. as a, you know, as an expression of Mm self-reflection to help you just get in touch and then go to the gratitude. But the reason I always say gratitude first as like a overall practice, if you wanted to start today, you know, um, is because it is, it is scientifically, you know, proven as far as what it can do for your brain chemistry. Um, you know, we know serotonin, serotonin heightens and, um, you know, the cortisol, which is a stress hormone can be kind of, um, as your serotonin raises that can lower things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like my favorite, there's a Ted talk, um, that I love and I always recommend, I think it's linked all over my website, but, um, it's a monk. Um, I think he's Austrian. I can't remember now, but he's talking about how like gratitude leads to happiness. And he goes into detail, like, you know, the more grateful you are, the less fear you're going to have when things change. Um, the more grateful you are, the less you're going to want to maybe, um, react aggressively or even emotionally to situations that you don't agree with, the more accepting you're going to be of other people and their differences. Mm -hmm. So there's just this whole list. So I think that's like a very, um, 
it's something that, you know, it, it seems, it seems so easy and it is, it is once you build the habit. Um, and once you do that, you really do find like this really, it's so funny. Cause you'll find little appreciation, you know, you'll find yourself smiling at random things. You're like, why? But it kind of takes you back to this childlike state. So that would definitely be something, um, that I would say that's a quick and easy mindfulness practice that I found especially helpful. And I, I will talk about it all the time. Another thing too, which I have really been kind of diving into this concept more as an adult is the idea of being playful, um, as kind of a mindfulness practice, you know, of having like some kind of a routine, whether it's in your week or in your day that you can just play and just have this moment of like, whether it's playful, like artistic expression and it's painting, or, you know, if you're a coloring book type of person or something like that, or if it's like keeping a puzzle going in your house or, you know, going out to the park, if you have a pet, you know, you have a dog taking your dog out and play like truly playing with them. And, um, that's another thing that I've found that is really, really helpful and can really be turned into a good mindfulness practice. I yeah. love that. Cause it's like letting go of what's expected of you mm-hmm. at work or at even just like at dinner, like how you're mm-hmm. supposed to act and just kind of be yeah. yourself. And even if it's like dancing or like just being silly or fun, I, I love that. I think that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. One thing I wanted to go back to Marie that you said was Um, you were touching on the importance of at first, just learning to build the habit, because that is something that I know is really hard for me. And like, even in my friend group or close circle, I don't care what habit it is, right? Like say you want to be healthier and start working out or eating healthier or whatever it may be walking your dog every single day, just building the habit it's challenging, right? Because you're not used to it. Now you're wanting to add something to your daily routine, no matter how it looks. So I just, I want to say to our listeners that like push through because to me, building the habit is sometimes the hardest part. Yeah, it's totally true. And I, um, you know, if it, if for instance, if it's like a crap, if, if gratitude is what you want to build, I mean, it consistency is key mm-hmm. with anything, right? Like we all know, cause we're in the speech world. Like the reason we drill things week after week after week is because we have one goal that we're working towards with our students or our clients and the repetition of it is what builds a skill. It's the same thing for, you know, building any kind of a habit. Um, or if you're trying to, minimize a habit. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like you are consistent with how you practice the the other end of that. And so, yeah, that consistency is definitely key. And if you kind of can figure out a way to schedule things into your day and do it every day, I always say like, for some reason, 10 seems to be a really good number. Like for people, they, if they do something for 10 days, they're going to want to keep going or, you know, two weeks sometimes is a magic number. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, it's definitely, it's worth it because then you, you know, you get to the end of that and you're like, yeah, like, look at how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up the therapy aspect because are you able to touch a little bit on, um, like how you bring mindfulness into your therapy sessions, whether that's starting off like with a mantra or what does that kind of look like? Yeah. there's so many ways. And I think there's so many ways I do it just, you know, it depends. It depends on the kids. Um, some of the kids, yes, we definitely do like positive affirmations. I have 
much. I have a, um, I just hit my hand. <laughs> I have a, a poster on my wall that has like 10 different affirmations. So, you know, I am smart. I am brave. Um, and sometimes I will just, it's actually the way it is on, like at the therapy table for my kids that do like more tabletop mm-hmm. activities. I might just read like from the back and have them be repeating me. Um, I've done it in the past where like they roll a dice and then whatever number it is on, we do that oh, one and they, they repeat it. Yeah. You could do, I mean, you could, ha- you could really get super creative with something like that. You could make yeah. your own, actually, this is, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say it out loud because now someone's going to make it before me, <laughs> but you could, you, cause I'm like a big fan. Like I'm so in the moment in speech therapy sessions. Yeah. So if I think of something like this is it, I'm making it right now on yeah. you know whatever paper I have and I'm taping it together. So you could, you could make a little cube and write yeah. them on there, you know? Um, and so there's so many different things you can do just with that. And that just, you know, my district does a lot of growth mindset. And so mm-hmm. we're constantly, you know, a way that I feel like, like I always tell therapists, cause I have 20 minute sessions. Like there's a lot to do in 20 minutes. And sometimes putting a very obvious mindful moment in there can be difficult for some of my sessions. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell people is like, if you are modeling, right, we know modeling, if you're modeling that mindfulness. That's it. That's where it's at because they're picking up on that. So sometimes like in the middle of a session, I might feel a little bit anxious or the kids are off the wall, crazy, <laughs> excited about something or whatever. So that might be a moment where I say, you know what, let's, let's take three belly breaths. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do that. And then I might just reinforce that with a moment of talking about, you know, why we take the belly breath, how it makes us feel. Um, you know, for some of my kids that were not quite even there yet, understanding what all of that is, or, you know, understanding our feelings, it might just be us being present in the moment. It might just, that mindfulness might come in when we're playing and maybe I'm just modeling it, talking about how the animals feel or things like that. So I, I'm very, I'm not super structured in any of my sessions. And so when it comes to like those mindful moments, I'm kind of just cherry picking as I go throughout the day, but I definitely, you know, I'm always including them. I was doing a push in center the other day and it happened to be during snack time. Cause for some of my kids where we're doing a lot of AAC, mm-hmm. I go in and I model during snack. Cause that's the most motivating time. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. The kids are talking about what they like to eat. You know, they're asking for more, they're doing different things. And so the peer modeling is happening. And then I can be in there with the visuals or with the devices. Yeah. And, um, and then if I have like two or three kids, which is really typical right now, I have like two to three kids, every class that I'm doing those things with. So I can just yeah. be like hopping around mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, some of the kids are not even in speech, but you know, they ask for more snack and, and yeah. the, instructional aid brought it to them and the kids just took it and didn't say thank you. And she walked away and I was like, well, let's talk. <laughs> and, but even in those moments, it's just a good idea. I think to talk about why, cause I think that's the thing too. I can tell them all day, say, thank you. Say, thank you. It's meaningless. Mm-hmm. I always like to talk about why we say thank you. And it's hard with preschoolers because yeah. I don't even understand how to explain it sometimes, you know, yeah. cause you want to meet at their level, but I always just say, we say thank you because it lets other people know that they made us feel good. And then we're making them feel good. Kind of just, I just Mm -hmm. land on that. We feel good. Yeah. (laughs) But those are just some ways that I kind of introduce that concept. And like I said, it's, you can structure moments into your sessions. You know, you can start every session with a belly breath. You can start every session with those positive affirmations, Mm -hmm. um, or you can do them kind of as you feel fit in the Mm -hmm. session. It just, 
And that's kind of how I do it. Some sessions, yes, we're always starting off with the affirmations. So, or there's books, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. I, I like the concept of kind of doing it in the moment and not because sometimes you can't plan for those things. Like, exactly. especially if you have a kid that is just having an off day or goes off for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and you really just have to take the time to check in with them and their feelings yeah. and, you know, have that be the focus of therapy instead of maybe their goal. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I have to tell my graduate students that all the time that like, sometimes we just talk to them. Like a lot of times we do. And that's okay. Like they're getting just as much out of that. Even if we don't get as much data that session, I think, you know, we've been trained that data is the most important thing. And that like, we have to just drill, drill, drill all day long. And like, Mm -hmm. sometimes that's not the most beneficial thing. So I think exactly thinking on your feet is huge and just being able to like flex in the moment is so huge. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know, <laughs> I was just going to say, I know as a parent, so I have a two-year-old and, um, right. So two-year-olds are really fun age with wanting to push boundaries and things like that. And one thing that I say all the time is, you know, whenever he gets upset, it's hard. And I know it's hard, but you can do hard things. And I, I don't know, I probably said that a trillion times and now it's to the point where he'll come to me and say, mama, it's hard. I'm like, yes, it is, but you can do hard things. It's very sweet. But see yeah. just the modeling of that, like yeah. you're saying, Marie, like we're modeling that it doesn't have to be all about like what we're supposed to be doing with them, no. like modeling those positive things. And I mean, I love that. That's great. They pick up on everything. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I I think what it comes down to is just that, you know, the intentionality behind it, right? Like just knowing, Hey, like whatever I'm doing in my session, yes, maybe we're doing a drill. We're having a drill session. We got to get these S blends, but whatever I'm doing, my goal is that connection, right? Cause we're, we're, they're communicating. Like that's what we're doing when we come into that speech room or when I go into their classroom, like that's our focus. And we can't, you know, the communication aspect, the back and forth, whatever it looks like, isn't really going to be, um, there if we don't have a connection. So yeah, like nourishing and nurturing that connection is mindfulness. It, that is taking mindfulness into the therapy session. And like you said, Claire, even if it's just, we're listening ear that day, sometimes I forget, like, you know, I have kids where I'm like, they don't, they don't stop talking when they come into speech, like what, what the heck? But I realize like they are maybe a sibling of like three other kids or, you know, they're at home, not getting as many chances to talk. They're in a classroom with 13 other kids for sure. Like looking for like a chance to talk. So they come to speech and there's one or two kids and they're like, my turn. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what they need. And they need to be listened to. And so I really try to have that mindset, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And it's about our mindset too. Like you just said, I mean, I think having a healthy mindset for us is important too. Like I found myself, you know, as we practice these mindful strategies in our own life, then you feel more equipped and more confident to do it with your clients. So I think that's really important too, like having healthy, mindful practices for you as well. Yeah. And when you're doing it, it all, it all comes full circle because you're pouring into yourself in a way, or, you know, you're, and if you don't feel a hundred that day, if you're consistent, you know, you have your toolbox and you have things you can help that can help you, you know, at least still be present with your students and focus on them. They know, like 
the energy is there. The connection is there. And when I'm not a hundred percent and I show I'm not a hundred percent or I show I'm feeling some kind of way, the kids know, they know. And, <laughs> and, you know, and so that definitely can affect that connection. Right. So again, yeah. it goes back to kind of nurturing that. So yeah, it, yeah. it all comes full circle. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. So I guess, especially in the last couple of years, I mean, we've, it's been kind of a whirlwind the past, what, two years now with COVID mm-hmm. and just the way the world is now. Um, how do you continually like feel motivated to put your mindfulness and mental health first? And I guess what advice would you give to people that might be struggling with this? I feel like it's something that really needs to be talked about, especially now because people are struggling and maybe doing so silently. So, um, just curious on your take on that. Um, I think the how is kind of in the why, like the reason I do it is, Oh, I'm sorry. Did not think that was going to happen. But I, you know, I know why I do it. And I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm going to be the first person to be honest and say, am I always functioning with a full cup? No, absolutely not. That's I'm human. I, you know, I don't always re-energize when I should and things like that. But I think the, I know why I need to pour into myself, but also why I want to be practicing this mindfulness. Like, I think I was talking about this with somebody not too long ago, but my, my goal for myself and anybody that, you know, is open to the message is that we're, we're truly living and we are present. We're finding joy in the present. Um, that's like, that's my why. Right. And so if I know that that's my why, then how I'm kind of able to stay motivated is those, those self check-ins. And part of that is, you know, in my morning routine every day, I'm doing some form of a journaling entry, whether it's 30 seconds, because I know it's Tuesday and I have like a, you know, I have a long day and I need to get, get on it or, or if, um, it's, if I have time for five minutes or whatever it is, but I know I have some time to check in with myself and really kind of get in tune with how I'm feeling. It takes like Rachel was saying earlier, it takes consistency. Mm -hmm. It takes habit building and, and maybe, you know, having a system and a way that I go about doing things. So that way I can stay consistent with it. But, um, it is so important to me to be able to put my mental health first in order to, you know, one, you know, I want to say like the word, like thrive for myself, Mm -hmm. right. To be present, to be truly like living for myself, but also because I know when I go to work, when I go over to my partner's house, when I go to my family's house, like I want to be able to be present with those in those areas too. Um, and it's hard at first to be in your own mind. Sometimes I know that's difficult. Um, and I, you know, when I was the first round of my course, when I was doing that, that's our first week at self-awareness and really talking about getting into your own mind, being okay with what your thoughts are, what, what's coming up in your thoughts. That's hard work. Um, and so I think, um, you know, once you can kind of build a comfortability with that and continue on with that, you get a little, you know, you get more comfortable sitting and checking in with yourself. And then when you know, oh, like I'm not a hundred percent, you know, right now, or I'm really not feeling myself, 
you have, like, I have a toolbox that I can go to, um, to say, well, what do I need more of? What do I need less of? Do I need to just take time for myself? Do I, you know, kind of, it just, it just kind of all works together with understanding. I'm not, you know, I'm not thriving right now, or I'm, I'm like, I'm in survival mode right now. Um, and so how do I get back to where I want to be? But you have to, you have to be the first person that can advocate for yourself. Um, in order to do that. Does that make sense? I don't even yeah, feel like no, it. absolutely at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz no, no, that makes so much sense and I love I feel like a lot of this too is, you know, as an SLP we go through these motions of like, okay, you have a goal with a client. What's the first step? Probably self-awareness, like regardless of your what right. you're working on, mm-hmm. right? And so take that practice and also look at yourself with mm-hmm. that on something that you're working on. I think it's so interesting like the overlaps that we can have in our own life with what we're doing with our clients. So I, and I think it's cool. Like I, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm like, yeah, that's what we do with our clients. So like, we should be able to do this. Like, but it is, it's harder definitely to, like you said, sit with your own thoughts and really accept what you're thinking and know what you're thinking and when and how you're feeling. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's hard, but it's important to do, especially right now. And I, you know, and I will never, ever, um, like, I always advocate too, for if, if you're in a space where, you know, you need somebody else or you need outside help, like seek that first, you know, yes, you can gratitude journal all day long, but if you know, you, you know, you should be seeking outside help. That is my first and like, that is my first Mm go-to, um, as well, because sometimes being alone with our thoughts is, is way scarier than others of us can imagine. And Mm -hmm. it's okay. If that's the case, it's absolutely okay. Because there are so many beautiful souls helping, you know, helping you kind of find that connection. So I think that's huge too. Like it's okay. What you're feeling. It's okay. If you need to see somebody, um, I think sometimes it gets a like therapy itself, Mm -hmm. like, um, counseling, psychology therapy gets a negative connotation sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it just shouldn't like nobody's, nobody's meant to go through things alone. No, no, that's huge. I love that takeaway. Well, I think that's all our questions. I didn't need to end on such like an abrupt note there, but is there any other, any other takeaways or anything else that you wanted to share with our audience, especially where they can find you also? Yes. And if you have anything new coming up that you want to let our listeners know about. Yes. Definitely. Um, I don't know when this episode will air. I, um, it actually will air this week. So we're perfect. Yep, we're yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> um, cause I'm like, I have early bird registration for yeah. my course going. So that yeah. worked out real well. Did not awesome. find that. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. Cause that course is starting. The six week course is starting in February. So if anybody's interested in that, this, we're going to go over like the details of all these different things that we already talked about. Um, and you can find me at thanks Morris on Instagram. My website is thanksmorris.com. Um, that's really, those are the two main places. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And so definitely if any of you guys have questions, um, find her on Instagram or let yeah. us know, and we can contact you Marie and ask you those questions. But, um, we love that you were able to come on here and talk with yeah. us again. We will yeah, definitely you probably so, have so you back much. again. <laughs> I would love to, I love it. <laughs> this is so fun. Thanks again.
Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in the Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Rachel and I also have an email for the podcast that you can email us with suggestions or if you or someone you know wants to be on the podcast, that's let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.